0: Has anyone ever told you that you overplay your various spoilers rather severely, mister Kaplan?
1: This is the Flix X Raid Podcast, starting in five four. Tony. and Jeff tonight we have with us spy guy Phil hello and, and nobody
2: else because yeah. everyone else failed
1: oh, well not everyone else we had a last-minute uh, unfortunate person unfortunate illness yes an unfortunate illness so it's just the three of us tonight uh, and tonight we are gonna be discussing Alfred Hitchcock's North
2: by, by Northwest. Northwest
1: all right so let's let's get a take a moment here to get to know our guest, spy guy Phil so spy guy yes Phil um, when you in your life have you ever eavesdropped on anyone or spied
0: on anyone? I try not to, but sometimes you just kind of have to. Okay. Um. I can't think of any good stories. I'm not. No, two. you've I'm never
1: t- like eavesdropped accidentally on someone or like done that thing. I know when I was a kid, I used to pick up like around Christmas. Uh, if my mom was on the phone with my grandmother, I would try to like pick up the other <laughs> line to like listen in.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> know. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, not, you're, uh, I'm not really such a such a, a, well, I don't want to say I'm not such a spy kind of guy because are spy I, guy I, Phil. Yeah, I know. Tell Tell us some of the secrets that
1: you've discovered over the years, spy guy Phil. Or would you have to kill us?
0: I don't think I may have to kill you. Okay. Well, fine. I, I honestly, I, honest, I honestly have nothing, man. Like, ah, I'm fine. not, I'm not really much of a spying kind of dude. I just, I just kind of live live in this moment. If it's, if I hear it, it's not really spying.
1: You don't eat like eavesdrop on people sometimes when you're like, you know, at work around the corner listening to people's conversations.
0: No, I'm a good person.
1: Ha ha ha
0: ha ha ha! I'm glad to know what you all think of me. <laughs>
1: I think you're a tremendous person. <laughs> all right, fine. Since uh, we got, I no thought we spy- weren't supposed
0: to lie.
3: <laughs>
2: sorry,
0: no, you no. Spies ex- are all about lying. That's why I don't believe him. I'm sorry if you were expecting me to just spy on people. I don't spy. I thieve. Well, uh, that's true. I mean, I don't government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shh. You
1: should see the car he drives. It's like fucking fabulous. I don't know how he does it on like you know fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah. How did you buy the Ferrari? <laughs>
0: I don't have that anymore. It's a Veyron now.
1: <laughs> Alright. Jeff.
0: Also it's drugs. <laughs> Lots of drugs.
1: Jeff, do you want to hit us with uh, a synopsis? Uh, who, who's uh, who's in this? And give us a synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Synopsis and starring. That's what <laughs> I'm Let's looking
2: for. Let's see if my voice will hold out tonight. New York City ad executive Roger Thornhill is pursued by ruthless spy Philip Van Dam after Thornhill is mistaken for a government agent. Hunted by Van Damme's associates, Thornhill ends up on a cross-country journey, meeting the beautiful and mysterious Eve Kendall along the way. Soon, Van Damme's henchmen close in on Thornhill, resulting in a number of daring events.
1: Excellent. And uh, who's this film starring? This movie
2: stars Cary Grant as Mr. Roger O. Thornhill. Where the O really means nothing, apparently. But... (laughs) uh, Ava St. Marie as Eve Kendall, and James Mason as Philip Van Dam.
1: All right, Jeff, and who's this film uh, directed by? Not that we didn't already say it.
2: Yeah. It's a Hitchcock classic, of course. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Excellent. Of course.
1: Now, I know there's only one of you. I mean, one Phil. <laughs> one. one of me. <laughs> one of one? you. We only, there there one really only we only have one guest tonight. We only have one guest tonight for there, our audience there really out there. really is only one uh, This me. has happened a couple times, and in this scenario... Because uh, we still like to do our game. Uh, it's Phil has to score fifty percent. Wait, is it fifty percent or seventy five?
2: I think we were seventy.
0: Oh come on! Like the last time I saw this film was like ten minutes ago. Well, shut up. So apart from that, good thing that other, none of the, other none of the, the uh, other questions other ten are. Ten minutes ago, it's not like it's not like well for London or anything like that. Like I know that from the back of my hand. Yeah, but you've you've done the games before. They're never
1: about things in the actual movie.
0: That's true, I suppose.
1: Hey Jeff, I just realized yep. you, you didn't. Yeah, I one. know.
0: I'm. i have literally on my phone right at the moment. Does he not have any questions? Uh, yeah. No. You win. <laughs> can they can they all about ma- can they be all about magic codes? Uh, no, I could probably do that.
1: Maybe, maybe if it's a bonus question, if you're like you know. One away.
0: Hmm.
1: Alright, but today's game, uh, from North too, by maybe. Northwest, uh, we are doing uh, Mistaken Identity Films.
2: Tagline, and if you don't get the tagline...
1: Synopsis.
0: Okay. Two
2: points for a tagline, if you can get it from the tagline, or one point
0: from the synopsis. So, you, so you're going to give me the tagline and I have to guess the film? Yes. Yep. And if I don't get the tagline... We'll give you a, it, synopsis, a synopsis, and okay. you can get one point for okay. it. Okay. Uh, this might be okay. Might be okay. Okay. We'll
1: so, as per usual, we start off with the, uh...
2: Since we always do it this way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
0: you mean you, do, you always do it on a smartphone at the last minute? Yep. No, uh, okay. Alright, so the
1: first one will be the movie itself, so you get an idea for the game. So how it works. Alright, mm-hmm. so the tagline is, Alfred Hitchcock takes you north by northwest if
0: you don't get it from that tagline you're an idiot <laughs> um it, m- i i think that might be the birds
1: oh he's right damn it i, I, I was gonna screw with him
0: i think that might be all right so, and I the plot synopsis i think we actually can just cut
2: the one i just read in
1: there yeah the plot <laughs> synopsis uh uh yeah jeff just read it so we're gonna move on from here <laughs>
2: I literally just read it like three seconds
1: ago Alright, start Yay! the game off Jeff so, sweet, sweet, I'm winning already So,
2: for the first question It takes a, It takes guys as simple as dudes And Walter to make a story this complicated And they'd really rather be bowling
1: How's it going there Phil? Any ter- idea? Ter-
0: ter- terribly <laughs> Go on, synopsis
2: the dude, a laid-back, easygoing burnout, who happens to have the same name as a millionaire whose wife owns a lot of danger or owes a lot of dangerous people yeah. a whole bunch of money.
1: Yes, this is the Big Lebowski. That yeah, Phil got a point.
0: Yeah. Hurrah! point. One point for Phil. Huzzah. All right, second uh, one. Actually, looking back, I don't know how I didn't get it for the for the tagline. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, so the next one is surprised.
1: a fugitive in his own mind. That's the tagline.
0: Is it the fugitive? No. No. Tagline. I mean, Actually, I mean, technically. It's enough. Yeah.
1: Okay, outraged at being passed by uh passed by for promotion, corporate drone Nelson Hibbert, played by Dave Foley, threatens to kill his boss when he later discovers the man's bloody corpse. Nelson assumes that he will be the prime suspect in the murder and decides to escape to Mexico. The police know that Herbert Hibbert had nothing to do with the crime, but Detective Arlen seems to be on his trail anyway, since he is chasing the real killer.
0: (laughs) This sounds like a Simpsons episode.
1: (laughs) Who is taking the exact same route? Officer Hibbert. (laughs) I forgot
0: about this movie completely. Ah, It's a good Canadian film. Oh, then I probably have no idea. And I'm probably going to feel like an arsehole when you tell me what it is. It is the wrong guy. I have no idea what that is.
1: (laughs) No, it's Dave Foley and Colm Fjord. Oh, that's good. I don't know
0: either of those people.
1: You don't know Dave Foley from Kids in the
0: Hall? What the fuck is Kids in the Hall?
1: (laughs) It's Canadian Monty Python, so it's, like, not as good.
0: Sorry, sorry, viewers, listeners, I'm going to leave now. Sorry. (laughs)
1: It's the Canadian version of Kids in the Hall. No, so, it's the Canadian version of Monty, kids Pi- in Monty Python. Python? The kids, in, kids in the Hall is Kid, the Canadian kids version the is. of Monty Python.
2: It kind of is. It's sketch comedy.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> I just love your response of it kind <laughs> of is. It's not really as good. It's It's just sketch comedy in the same line.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, on to question three. <laughs> the show has been canceled. But the adventure is just beginning.
0: Saw. So, yes, no. no. <laughs> Damn. All right, give me a synopsis. The stars of a
2: 1970 sci-fi show, now scraping a living through reruns and sci-fi conventions, are beamed aboard an alien spacecraft.
0: Oh, it's that one with what's, It's the one with Snape. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Thank yeah. yeah! Another point for Phil.
1: Phil's got two points. I'm doing good. Alright. Root for me, folks. This Christmas, love checks in. <laughs> there is is two,
0: There was two taglines, and I chose the one that was even worse. I honestly want to say love, actually. No. no but I don't... I... Why are you changing Alan Rickman films? <laughs> because Alan Rickman.
1: Alright, the story of Marissa Ventura, played by Jennifer Lopez, a single mother born and bred in the boroughs of New York City, who works as a maid in a first-class Manhattan oh. hotel? Oh, <laughs> oh, by fuck, a quiet. twist of fate
0: and mistaken identity. All right, all right, all right, all right. I think um, I've never seen this, but is it uh, *Made in Manhattan*? Yeah. Okay. What does this have to do with Alfred Hitchcock? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> 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 it's it's mistaken identity films. Okay, fair enough. Okay, we're 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 starting off on not <laughs> not anything relevant. Good. No. No, it's I'm not. I'm trying to draw a comparison. Just at least a
1: little bit, but. Kay. This is like. the ca- Canadian version of Monty Python.
0: <laughs> Shut up, Tony! <laughs> yes, I'm sure J Lo is just, uh. John Cleese. Oh, God. Yeah! It's John Cleese exactly. in disguise. John Cleese has the oh, donk donk.
2: Is this the face of a sucker?
1: I don't know, Phil has a pretty blank face.
2: (laughs) Florida resident Diana, played by Melissa McCarthy, has a luxurious lifestyle as the queen of retail, buying whatever strikes her fancy. And it's all free, thanks to Sandy Patterson, Jason Bateman, a guy from Denver whose identity she stole. With just one week to trace down Diana before the world implodes, the real Sandy heads south to comfort the non-appellate, or non-
1: Wow. Confront, by the way. Yeah. What did I say? Conf- comfort.
2: Oh. Head south to confront the unapologetic Connards and bring ba- her back to Denver so that he can clear his name and restore his shattered credit rating.
1: Any idea
0: there, Phil? I have no idea what that is. Melissa
1: McCarthy, Jason Bateman?
2: The movie is. Not Identity a... Thief. Oh, that
0: Oscar winning piece of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, not Oscar winning. Definitely
0: not. <laughs> All right, here we go. I hope you get that this was, one. That was a bunch of sarcasm. If <laughs> <laughs> You didn't grasp that? No. Yeah. <laughs> in order really, to wait, 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 wait.
1: In order to trap him, he must become him. That's the tagline.
0: Uh, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was face off. Yeah! Oh, <laughs> holy shit, was I right? <laughs> Two <laughs> points for <laughs> Phil. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be Oops. fucking kidding me. Nice! No.
1: <laughs> High five for that one. Boop.
0: <laughs> I'm impressed. I actually am impressed. I'm impressed in myself. I'm... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, apparently. Right, apparently... Two point. Apparently, if I really listen.
2: Wrong time, wrong place, wrong number.
0: I'm assuming gold member? No. No, gold member. <laughs> I don't fucking know. A case
2: of mistaken identity puts a man named Blank, played <laughs> by Josh Hartnett, in the middle of a war between the two rival, rival New York crime lords, the rabbi, played by Ben Kingsley, and the boss, by Morgan Freeman. While under the watchful eyes of Detective Brokowski, Stanley Tucci, and well-known assassin Good Cat, played by Bruce Willis, Blank must quickly devise a plan to save his kid before his... Ru- his luck runs out. Could you fill in the blanks for me? No, I cannot it,
0: the Damn. name isn't the title
2: <laughs> like literally his name is that
0: um i I really don't know i mean i I like bad good films like the films that are so bad that they're good. This
2: one's actually a good movie.
0: is it lucky number eleven no, never never saw that so oh, it's actually a pretty dang good movie I, I must have missed out. I apologize.
1: Alright, I you should get this one. I love this tagline. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. A motion picture designed to offend nearly two thirds of the civilized world and severely annoy the other third. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> um,
2: There's a few other taglines, but that was the funniest.
0: That That sounds like uh uh we're- that sounds like Team America. Nope. Or something like that. Remember, this is a
1: mistaken, uh, mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. He, played by Graham Chapman, is an average young Jewish man. Graham Chapman? With, through a series of ridiculous events, he gains a reputation as the Messiah.
0: Uh, when no. He's not dodging his followers <laughs> for being this is, scold- this is a bit too far back for my, not for my liking, but for my for me knowing the goddamn tagline. <laughs> So I'm I'm going to go with uh, The Life of Brian.
2: Yeah <laughs> I was hoping he would be here tonight. I don't have a, I I, t- I
0: don't have a dinger. That's <laughs> Yeah. If we could have had one ding
2: br- in. I could have just talked to our sound guy and he, all it was is the life, life, life of Brian.
1: <laughs> Alright, here we go.
2: The next one. I love this tagline. Because if you can get it, I'll give you ten points. The tagline is he talks. What up After dedicated service in the Great War A Jewish barber Placed by Charles Chaplin Spends years (laughs) in an army hospital Recovering from his wounds Unaware of the simultaneously Rise of the fascist dictator Adnoit Heichel Also Chaplin And his anti-Semitic politics Or policies, sorry when the barber, who bears a resemblance to, to Heinkel, returns to the quiet neighborhood, he is stunned by the brutal changes and recklessly joins a beautiful girl, Paulette, or played by Paulette Goddard, and her neighbors in rebelling.
0: Do you know it? This sounds like President Trump. <laughs>
1: no.
2: <laughs> this is a very big spoof on Hitler, if you didn't get that. That's the great dictator. Yes!
1: yes! Another one for Phil. You're not doing too bad. Nah, I'm trying. All I'm right, I'm my bestest. Here we go. The most intense suspense, excitement, emotion ever
0: generated by a motion picture. They were all caps. I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just yelling at me. Intense excitement, intense emotion. emotion. The most intense excitement and emotion, emotion. And emotion ever emotion generated picture. by a motion picture. Ooh. Uh, uh, maybe. Do we have a guess? Labyrinth. No. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Have you seen David Bowie in that? Yeah, it's true. Excitement. If especially. if you were to not if suspense to, though, there was suspense she at had, every turn. He is had, a labyrinth. He had her child, not her child, sorry, her, her brother, her brother. And she was looking to be fair. Reading
1: this, I could actually apply a lot of this to the like romantic story of obsession, manipulation, and fear. A detective is forced to retire after his fear of heights causes the death of a fellow officer and the girl he was hired to follow. He sees a double of the girl, causing him to transform her image into the uh, dead girl's body. This leads into a cycle of madness and.
0: I honestly don't know, so I'm just going to say Vertigo. Yep. Yes. No. fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is exactly what that is. I'm good at grabbing at things. <laughs> like your penis. I I it... <laughs> <laughs> I actually have never seen Vertigo.
1: Oh, it's, it's good. So, all right. Good. Yeah, you okay.
0: yeah, just... <laughs> oh, it's <that's> good. Somewhere. <laughs> your response there makes me feel so good about watching it. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. all right. Yeah, fair, fair. Somewhere.
2: Okay. Somewhere. Somewhere. There must be the right man.
1: Phil takes a sip dramatically from his so, beer. Okay,
0: can can you repeat that?
2: Somewhere, somewhere, there must be the right man.
0: Can you use it in a sentence? Yes, that, that is, is a, a sentence.
1: sentence. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, there's there's even punctuation in there.
0: Um, I honestly don't know. I'm gonna grab it, uh, Mister Wright. Nope. 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 Synopsis. Musician
2: Manny Ballastero, uh, played by Henry Fonda, needs money to pay for his wife, Roses, played by Vera Miles. Dental procedure. When he tries to borrow money from their insurance policy, someone in the office mistakes him for a man who had robbed them twice at gunpoint. After Manny is arrested, his defense attorney, Frank O'Connor, played by Anthony Quile, D- works to determine that Manny has an alibi for the crimes. The stress of the case, however, threatens to...
0: Dis- I'm just going to cut you off. I have no idea what this is. Threatens
2: to destroy Manny's family before its name can be cleared. Somewhere there must be the right man, but this is the wrong man.
0: Uh, oh... I say oh, I've never heard of that. He but, got
1: uh, eight points there.
0: I know, I'm actually impressed. That's uh, enough for me. Eight out of what? Enough. Eight out of enough. Do I get a crown? Yeah, you get a crown.
1: Alright, Joe I don't think we've <laughs> ever had anyone fail it on one person. Uh he's pretty close. Let's we'll just put <laughs> it that way. I'm going with the fifty percent, not the seventy. Let's just put it that way. What yeah. do
0: I need to do to get the, the glasses? You to put them on. <laughs> cool.
2: <laughs> he has
0: eight points out of Just el- don't look through my clothes. Eight out of eleven. Oh my god, I have a big head. Oh, holy shit.
1: He's
2: fine. 8 out of 11.
1: Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. You did pretty good.
2: Sweet. Oh, that's even 70% of If I can do math properly.
0: Yeah, can I... There we go. They're all just one thing now. I like a now, baller. I am now Princess Mysterio.
1: Alright, so, North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this film. The classic that it is. Yes. One of uh, Hitchcock's great classics. Huh. Uh, Phil, do you want to give me a quick two-sentence uh, impression on the
0: film? an impression.
1: Yeah, what what do you, what was your What's two, your two sentences? sentence
0: take on it? Yeah. I'm bad at this game with the two sentence. I keep going over. That's fine. That's also one sentence. <laughs> oh, and, okay. there, and there I'm done. Okay, that was your two sentences. No, um it was it was very It was a very old-fashioned take on the spy film in a reverse order. Okay. In that. No. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to grasp my words, but there's not really much that I can say. It's more like grasping at Because it-, it really is just a spy film
1: in reverse. Yeah, it's
0: a it's a reverse spy film where a guy is just taken aback by. How someone's mistaken him, and And chaos (laughs) ensues. That is true, chaos does like kind of follow this guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not an entirely new age type of chaos. He gets mowed down by a plane. Mm, I wouldn't say mowed down, because he's still alive. But tried to. Yeah, he tries to get mowed down by a plane. That's about as much as... That's like the epitome of this film, hence the classic, it's on your little sheets here. It's exactly what everybody ever what everybody thinks whenever they... Actually, that
2: scene on our pages is, is never in this North film. <laughs> hmm? That scene is actually not even in the film because it's filmed the opposite way.
1: What? Elaborate. I don't know what you're saying. What the you...
2: picture we have on the front of this... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the filming you know angle it's... is sideways from what it actually was filmed at. Because it was filmed... plane was on the left. Uh, Cary Grant was on the right. Coming that way.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right yeah more like the one we have on the wall so. i mean really even like within that like i remember that exact scene no it's from way back when when i saw this years ago uh-huh. and for the viewers i this is the first time i've seen this film in maybe fuck maybe like 16 years or something like that i was very young when i saw this it long, long, long time ago, but I remember when the plane came down, it would like shoot down, and it was just like there was bullets like running up behind him, and in the film, none of that happened.
1: So your memory intensified the scene more than it was? Exactly. Uh, That's interesting.
0: Which is why, like I say, that I can look at this little preview here that I have on my little spoiler, my little spoiler sheet, Mm -hmm. that I can look at it and just go, no, that's the scene. That's exactly the scene. Um, to be fair, Jeff, this
1: isn't the road scene on here. This is the scene where he's running to the field. Maybe. I can't remember for sure.
2: Yeah. Could Cause, be right.
1: Because, like, that, that's the scene you're thinking of. But this one here,
0: he's, like, a lot more intense. Even, like, both of these. Like, betwe- They're not the same. Be- between the two. It's yeah. like, neither of them look like they were the exact same. Because, no. like, this looks... Like, both of them look like he's just, like, running down the street. This is fair, that's how it looked like. He ran funny.
2: Well, yeah, he did. He was in a frickin' suit the entire time. So?
1: He unbuttoned his button, and then buttoned it back up again to run, which made no sense to me. (laughs)
2: Like a true gentleman. (laughs) That's a true gentleman style. Always have your buttons set up when you're standing. Two buttons standing up, one button sitting down. For a two-button suit.
1: I thought that was a three-button suit because you technically should have one button that's never done.
2: Yeah, for two, for a three-button suit, you have one that's never done. But mm. for a two-button suit, it's two wall standing, one wall, one wall city.
1: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. That is proper etiquette.
1: Okay, but let, let's, you know what, let's mm-hmm. break this scene, this movie down a little bit then, since Phil's struggling for words here. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about the mistaken identity, and I think I pointed it out to you, and I don't know if you caught it the first time you were watching it. No,
2: I f- completely missed it. I didn't realize, I knew there was somehow that something happened. I think it was, I thought it was just mistaken by person.
1: Yeah, did you catch the scene where they mistake him?
0: Yeah, the, yeah, I, I saw them in the restaurant at the beginning. Yeah.
1: So at the re- in the restaurant, it's such a like a small little moment too, right? Mm-hmm. Where it would he's...
0: easily go over anybody's head, like it very nearly went over. And I mean, honestly, like Tony mentioned it to me,
1: but it's like one of those things where in the background there's a guy who's calling for someone saying he has a message, and then at that same time, uh, Carrie Grant's character raises his hand and goes oh i want to make a call and they assume because he say he's calling the guy over who's looking for this dude they go that's him we've mm-hmm. got him and that's all it came down to was that yeah.
0: one moment
1: yeah Just,
2: uh almost serendipitously him making a call and receiving a message at this and somebody receiving a message at the same time
1: well not even receiving a message because they were trying to flush him out right yeah. like that's why they're there having this guy call for him it's like one of those things where they're trying to flush out this, this guy, this spy. They're trying to flush him out. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it just is one of those things.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of just serendipitous. Coincidental, that's almost the word.
1: Uh, I was going to say serendipitous is not how I would describe this. Yeah, it kind of is, but not really. But ah. it's more coincidental. Coincidental, yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. But anyway, so that, that to me I thought was a very interesting scene. The way that that was done and set up. And literally that one event leads to this entire movie, right? And it's it's just a snowball effect.
2: Yeah, it's very much just, hey, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. So you must be this person.
1: Yeah, and... Ugh, sorry, it's late. I'm tired. <laughs> um, one of the things that I also think is interesting is there's another scene, you know, fast forward, all of a sudden they're accusing him. Then they pour the booze in him, which it makes me laugh because they poured into a glass. I was like, wouldn't it just be more efficient to shove the bottle in his mouth?
0: Yeah, but it's not nearly as sophisticated for this the This movie
2: speaks sophistication like 100% because of like the time period it was filmed. There's so much like that. Even I was saying like... That drunk driving scene would never pass freaking rating standards today because it's like, how good of a drunk driver was he actually? I know,
1: he didn't hit a bike or a tree. He got hit.
2: He got hit, making the right maneuver while driving. Mm -hmm. This would never pass freaking censors today because it shows that you could probably drive really well drunk. That's not really a good idea.
0: He even, like, drove halfway off a cliff and then successfully... By the way, I love that when he looks over and goes, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. He's like, ooh, that's not right. Hang on, let me just fucking turn this around. And then gets back <laughs> on the road and carries on looking all human and me. Right? I
1: don't know. It's just such a, like, a unique thing, the way that they, like, do that as well. It's because, also, he goes to the court and he decides, I'm going to, like, you know, try and fight this and all that stuff. When his mom's like, just pay the $2, which at that time is what it would have cost him to fucking, like, actually... Mm-hmm. you know just paid off but he's like no i must clear my name and like honestly if you think about it the movie could have easily ended we're all just gonna crack cans here for a second here as we're uh bevying up but i two dollars even
2: at that time wasn't that much money <sighs> no it wasn't
1: right so it's like he would have just gotten off like with essentially a slap on the wrist but he's like no someone has to believe me like that this story is true and that's what led him to the hotel which then nice. led to a second them calling him be like if you're not him, why are you in his hotel? Like,
0: well, it's all, then about, the maid, it's all about your reputation at that point. Then the
1: maid
2: going, When did I meet you? About 10 seconds ago you were in the hallway. But before that, I didn't. Oh, Art's like, Then how do you know who I am? Because you're the man of this room. I'm like, Your logic is like
0: yeah, the it's most infallible.
2: Super, <laughs> super, like, there's so many fallacies built into your logic that this is pathetic.
1: Yeah.
2: It was hilarious. I was like, Wow. I guess that flies for logic, but it's not really good.
1: No, it's it's, but it's still one of those things, right? Same with the uh, valet who comes up immediately afterwards. Yeah, and it's like, here's your suit. When did I did I give that to you in person? Well, no, you called it up. You know, and that's it's like, fair
2: though because he actually said, "Yes, you will do this. Commonly, you call it. You describe the suit to me perfectly. This is the one."
1: Yeah, right. But it's still like one of those things where. I just think it's funny because he could have walked away, but then he decided to go to a hotel room. To when Then the guys were there, and he decides to go, oh, shit, they've called me. I'm going to check with the operators, see if they called me from in the hotel or not. When he could have just left, would have caught an elevator down, would have run into them, wouldn't have led to the car chase to the UN, right? Like, it's like there's just like the, he makes these small little decisions that lead to the next thing.
2: Yeah, it's like, it's almost the comedy of errors.
1: Yeah. Because he's, he's not a spy, right? So, like, if a spy had gotten that call, they wouldn't have called to see where the call was coming from. They just would have left.
2: Yeah, they would have known. Oh, somebody's on to me. Let me go underground.
1: Yeah, time for me to get out of here. And, you know, yeah, he went to the U.N., but if he'd left before they, would, they did, they wouldn't have known where he was going. Yeah. So Townsend
2: wouldn't have got murdered.
1: Yeah. The real Townsend wouldn't have gotten murdered. And, you know, he probably could have cleared his name. But because of the fact that, like... You know, the way that he went about it, it's like he essentially led this dude to Townsend. the killed Townsend because of him. And the way he grabs the knife out is also really tough. Then starts wielding everyone at the had. <laughs> it's like, back off, back off, I've got a knife. I would have just been like, this man's been stabbed, help! But instead he's like, oh, I must grab the knife and wield it, don't blame me.
0: In front of the cameraman. Yeah, the guy. Which is <laughs> like those old school this photos. Coincidentally just has a huge, like... Smile for the buddy. Yeah, then with a, like a like a loaded up like sheet yeah. all ready to take that like shot.
2: It was hilarious because the picture that they took was actually a fairly decent almost posed picture.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what the best part is? Imagine that like that camera guy being like, God damn, I caught a murder on camera. Motherfucker. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the best ever. I'm going to raise like fuck this shit.
2: That'd be awesome, actually.
1: Like imagine being that dude. You're just like fucking A, right? Like
2: Origin of snuff
0: Ah,
1: uh, uh, yeah. I'd jack it to that, you know.
0: No, Tony. <laughs> hey, man, it's just you. You're the only one that says no. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> All right, pod- okay. Podcast over. Do you want to go each other, Tony? Hmm? Sure, <laughs> I'm down. Just remember across the road
1: not do- uh, across the street not down the road. I don't mm-hmm. want to die. Yeah, I know. I know the rules. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. This took a dark turn.
1: Yes, this movie did take a really dark turn. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz oh. from there he's then branded as the murderer and he has to escape town, which I also think he does in the worst way possible.
2: Yes, he pretty much does that in the absolute worst way possible by like making- Going to
1: Grand Central Station?
2: Yeah. Like everything is known about what's going on, I guess he tries to think that, hey, where's the, where are the most people, so he may be able to get lost,
1: lost in the crowd. Yeah. I think he would have had an easier time if he'd taken a cab to New Jersey. They're only in Manhattan.
2: Yeah, except for time period, might be a little harder.
0: Yeah, it's all about the time period here. Like you can you can grab anything that he did quote unquote wrong. And just mm-hmm. put it to the time period. He
2: could have just used his cell phone to call his mom.
1: Well, no, I'm not saying like that level, but I'm just saying I'm like bring an Uber up. Ultimately, <laughs> he makes he makes these weird little decisions here and there, and it's like if he'd done it, if he'd done this, ex- if he'd done this step, he wouldn't have done this. For example, all I'm saying is he's in Manhattan, he goes to Grand Central Station. If he'd gone across the river to New Jersey and hopped on a train to Chicago from New Jersey. He would have had less heat on him in New Jersey than he would have in New York, as well as the fact of the matter that he wouldn't have had uh, Eva on the same train. He made such a predictable move that the people, like, essentially were able to counter him.
0: It's almost as if it was written.
1: I know, it's just a movie, (laughs) but I'm just saying, like. I know, I'm just fucking with you. No, but you you get what I'm saying in this regard, right? Like, he makes these very predictable moves because he's not a spy
0: because it's because it's an old film like old films make these predictable decisions where it's like because well way back then you only had x amount of decisions being very few where you could actually escape something because you couldn't just like go and hop on a plane and fly away well I say that but it's harder he, to he do did that, that. <laughs> it's really quite a lot harder to do
1: well no what i'm saying is these decisions actually really show his character as in he's not a spy, he doesn't know all the
0: little tricks of the trade, oh yeah, he's nah, just surviving, pretty, yeah, so he's my my point as a regular human being.
1: My point isn't that he's making bad just making bad decisions. My point is that he is making these like he's making these decisions because he's not a good spy. I'm just saying he's a normal guy who's thrown in the situation, so he's making the best judgment calls he can, which unfortunately, are not the best judgment calls if he was actually a spy. Yeah. Right? Like, if he was a spy, he would have eluded capture so much mm-hmm. easily.
0: Like. He just ended up coincidentally making some good decisions.
1: Yeah. He just made a good decision here, a good decision there. Mm-hmm. Or got helped along the way. If you really think about it. Eva, like, saves him, like, three or four times. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. And even, and she's a real spy. Like. Hiding him in the bunk, and and in the bathroom, yeah, and warning him that they're coming onto the train, dressing him and making him uh, the red cap,
2: yeah, helping him shave and get him into
1: the bathroom, right? Like she does a lot for him to help him get out, and without her, he would have been caught for fucking sure.
0: Oh yeah, he'd be dead. Which yeah. I actually thought, like whilst watching the film, it would have probably been better if he didn't shave. Why do you say that? Because well, they're after, they're after a dude. Like, if he just let his beard grow out. In a day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I do you, think... do you not grow that fast? Well, <laughs>
1: I do, but I still think it's, like, one of those things where him shaving actually probably
0: aids his advantage because of the time period. Also, well, I guess he'd blend in. Yeah. I guess, like, yeah, I suppose, in hindsight. It helped him because uh, suppose, he had a yeah, shaving yeah, in, cream bath. In ass. hindsight of exactly what I just said, yeah, everybody Everyone shaved at that point. Yeah, right? Like, beers take, weren't
1: as common as they are now.
0: Take a look
2: yeah. at it because, like, there was guys shaving at the train station bathroom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, when do you see that nowadays? Like
0: All air, the time. Airport. airport bathroom? Yeah. yeah no, I've, I've Have seen you that. not traveled early I've in the morning? I've seen that maybe a couple times in my life. It's very rare now. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Uh, I was it, catching... Any time that I do see it, I'm disgusted.
1: I caught a red-eye into Vancouver at one point uh, from Hawaii. And when we landed, because we had a layover, uh, I had to go to the bathroom. There was about eight guys in the bathroom at, like, six in the morning in the Vancouver airport shaving. Oh, really? Yeah. It's about the time period. It's not Well, not time period, but it's, like, the time of day. So, like, if you think about it, if you're going into, like, business hubs, Vancouver, Toronto, uh,
0: New York, Houston, places like that. Yeah, if you have, like, an 8 a.m. meeting and you land at 6... Yeah, well, you seven, don't have seven even. That means like, you're flying, like you're flying gonna overnight. Fucking, you're going to fucking land, get in the bathroom, shave the shit out of your face and go. Yeah, <laughs> you're
1: essentially going to clean yourself up as best as you can in a bathroom and go. I guess so. Yeah. And, and it's just a thing. So I can honestly say I've seen it within the last five years.
2: Hmm, okay. I don't and think I ever have. So, yeah.
1: But it, again, it was just other times at the airport. I don't see that stuff. But it just so happened because we were catching a red eye. And landing in Vancouver with a layover, Hmm. right? Like, fair enough. It's an interesting point. I never thought of it. Yeah, so I'm I'm just devil's advocate on that one. I have seen it, and it's just also because if you think about it, it was an overnight train, right? So everyone's arriving, but they have bathrooms on there. Oh, oh, not if you're uh, only if you're riding in one of the rooms. There's economy, right? Coach, yeah. Coach, sorry, economy's planes. But there's coach So if this, if those guys were in coach You still have a bathroom Yeah but you wouldn't be able to shave in that It's a small bathroom It's like an airplane bathroom Would like, would you shave in an airplane bathroom on a train could. On a train that's bouncing You could but would you Oh not with a straight razor Right like that is just the worst idea possible Because that's mm-hmm. like a bouncy train Yeah, Even no, if it's got mm-hmm. good suspension If it hits one bump with you and that straight razor in the wrong spot It's like
0: Not you with that itty bitty razor that you had
1: I'm not talking about the itty B. Razor. I'm talking about the other dude who had a full-on straight razor. (laughs) And then they do that.
0: Either way, that's dangerous.
1: (laughs) Either way. And then they look at each other and it's like, they have this moment where it's like, it's not the size
0: of the tool that matters. (laughs) Would you rather, like, slice your face? (coughs) Or or, or oscillate your throat? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Would you rather a tiny little nick or a giant gash? Yeah. Giant gash? Yeah. Sweetie toddy. There's
0: a joke in some I
1: know there is. You'll get there eventually, <laughs> Phil. It's okay. I know. You're what? Like nine beers deep? What is that? My joke limit? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying
0: that's your brain capacity.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> that's all, folks? No, oh, we're... I'm, I'm done here. <laughs> Fuck you, guys. <laughs>
1: Alright, but I'm just saying, that, that that scene with the tiny little razor, though, was great. I love it. I love that scene. It was like, wow, that thing's pathetic. So, uh, Jeff, what what do you think she uses that razor for?
2: I don't know if I believe that's, like, a pubic razor. I don't know if I believe that.
0: Yeah, as much as I looked at it and thought that it was, I really don't think that it could have been for that time. What would well, so you off. use
1: a tiny like? There's no way yeah, I know like, it, you
0: would it, use a tiny razor like that to shave your legs. It's like what is it like? A, does she have like a, a a very specific mustache? Maybe like is that, that a she lady's just has mustache just, like, razor that she's trying to be dainty and just like beep baby? But beep,
1: I, I a think, little uh, little shave.
2: It's a safety razor. I think that it would be like the, it's one of the very first safety razors. I think is what it was, but I think it is a, for legs. That's what I would think. That would it, take like hours, but. The point of it is, is that if there's it's any smaller. old ladies
0: listening, you should you should write in and let us know what the hell what the timer that, what that itty bitty razor was for. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was for precision and precision means <laughs> Yeah, I don't down, know. Down yonder. <laughs> yeah, down yonder. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. That's why I'm like I think it's I think it's for uh, you know shaving the muff. Yeah.
0: For the Nether year. Thank you for the subtlety, Tony. <laughs> I'm trying, Have you I'm, met me? We're, we're talking to possibly old ladies here. I doubt it.
1: Fuck Might shit, be. ass
0: cunt. Old ladies don't just swear. <laughs> old ladies like films too. Any, I'm sorry. Any old if... ladies out there, I'm sorry. Tony's a crotch motherfucker, apparently. <laughs> Tony's crass is all hell. And I'm, I'm very sorry. I don't, That's how I grew I, up. I don't mean to offend you.
1: Well, okay, so... The tiny little razor is still a disguise thing at one point, and shes it's still one of the ways, many ways that she aids him in his uh, journey. You know? Like, I just find her character kind of saves him a bunch of times on the train, and then <sighs> from there... Sorry. No, nothing. Oh, you looked like you were about to say something. No, and, it's and just... You off.
2: I just wanted to say, like, there are so many little ways that she saves him, but that's just the one, like... That little thing, and it's kind of just an item that kind of was used more than once just to kind of show a transition almost mm. it's a weird little item that came through, but it's almost it's almost superfluous.
1: I disagree. I think it was a very interesting little scene
2: it's interesting, but like in itself, it doesn't really have an impact on the story other than to give another way out.
1: Well, and it also kind of shows, like, because at that point they were looking for red caps. Yeah. Because they thought he was a red cap. And then he they come in, you know, he's got his shirt off, he's in the muscle shirt, he's got shaving cream all over his face, so they don't recognize him, and they move on, right? Yeah. And then that shows the transition of him being a red cap to back to a suit.
2: Yeah. Mm. The iconic suit that it is.
1: Oh, it's so iconic.
2: Yeah. It's kind of the time period piece where they're always wearing this
1: specific type of suit. No. Oh. This suit actually was uh, voted by GQ in, like, 2004, I think, as the most iconic suit in history. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't... Well, it's a -a one-of-a-kind suit. It was handmade by his tailor. Like, so it's like, Cary Grant's tailor made this suit. He refused to use anything from the wardrobe. He provided this suit. And it's a handmade suit, and it's a gorgeous fucking suit. Yeah. Definitely fits him well. Because apparently
0: all the other suits were made for a shorter man. Yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't pick that suit out of a crowd though. That doesn't that doesn't make it an iconic suit. That's like saying well, you say like what Han Solo wears is an iconic outfit. Yes, it is. You can you can absolutely describe to me what Han Solo is wearing. Mm-hmm. But what he's wearing is a crisp, grey, two button suit. Which anyone and their dog could be wearing. With a single lapel. A single breast lapel. Still, anybody and their dog could be wearing that. I don't know, it's just so sleek. I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing it's not a nice suit. Not it's at a, all. Yeah, it's very, very crisp. It's very... But very I can nice see- suit. I wouldn't necessarily call it iconic, though. The only thing that's iconic about this film is really that one scene with the airplane.
2: Two scenes, I would say.
0: Hmm?
2: I would even dos, give...
0: Those scenes? Okay, what's the second scene? The airplane? Scenes,
2: the airplane. And... Mount Rushmore.
1: Yeah, that's true. Throw in, when he throws uh, throws the guy off at Mount yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, I've too. seen that
2: scene a few times in other places. It's not as iconic as the airplane, but the Mount Rushmore scene is kind of up there. Yeah. There's, n- there's very, I mean. very, very few f- films that have been able to film on Mount Rush- Mount Rushmore.
1: That's true. Pretty cool site location. Mm. Like,
2: try to name another one that filmed actually on Mount Rushmore. Other than Team America. Damn it.
1: what <laughs> was my code. To you, son
0: of a bitch, and even then they made a replica. I know it was complete replica. Um, yeah, like they didn't have a fucking green screen on that. It was American. absolutely a fucking green screen. They might have like gone there. And oh, and actually, some like some part- filmed. Like they may have filmed Mount Rushmore, and just like. Had the scene filmed, mm-hmm. there's and then they played it back on the green screen. But it doesn't mean they were on set. I don't There they were, were some
2: that were actually on scene for because on you can site, see where on location you can actually see where they are and see the actual detail. But there's some like the one where they're agree. hanging off the cliff. They're literally on a horizontal flat thing, holding onto a piece of styrofoam or something or a rock. They're everything's flat, yeah. and it looks completely flat. They just rotate the screen, and it's really kind of funny because you can tell that they're, they're actually horizontal instead of vertical. I
0: don't know that entire that entire scene. I do not believe was, I do not believe it was on set. Yeah, a lot as of As much as the internet well, it was will all tell on you,
1: set, but it, uh, you mean on location, right? Location, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. So you I don't, don't believe don't it was believe, on location? I, no, I don't believe it. I actually was looking at that, and I would think I would love I to mean, climb can, on Mount. Rushmore. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and be the conspiracy theorist.
1: <laughs> okay, was uh, the lunar ma- lunar landing faked?
2: Maybe. There's <laughs> the Hollywood
1: basement. Okay. <laughs> Excellent, David Duchovny's here. How are you doing, David?
0: <laughs> I can't do a good David Duchovny. <laughs> I'm suing English for that. I mean uh to your best uh Californian adv- uh not Californication <laughs> You're gonna like mix the two? That's fucking weird. Red hot chili peppers uh, uh, with would, would David Duchovny. i I'm lo- I'm looking for my i I'm looking for my sister, I wanna fuck her.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> nah, fucking weird. It <laughs> wasn't his sister, it was his uh yeah, it was it was sister his sis- it was his sister.
2: David Duchovny, uh, Charles Mulder was looking for his sister.
1: Yeah, Mulder, uh, yes. I, I was top... thinking about the fact that he slept with his uh
0: with the 15-year-old uh um You know what? I'm I'm getting closer and closer with the sentence of so throwing my headphones down and leaving.
1: <laughs> In Californication, the whole like main plot of the first season is that he slept with the 15-year-old daughter of his ex's uh, new husband.
2: Okay, and I was thinking calif- Californication of Red Hot, Hot Chili Peppers.
1: Really? Yeah, that's like the whole thing. Is so in the first scene, he meets this chick in a bookstore, fucks her. Turns out she's fifteen, and is the da- uh, new stepdaughter of his ex-wife.
0: Jesus Christ! Yeah, I
1: clearly didn't pay attention to that show. <laughs> that was like the intro to the whole thing, and her blackmailing him. Because she knows that she was underage And she still wants to sleep with him But he knows the new the truth now Like That's yeah. the, one of the big plot lines in the first season Odd
0: Why do not y'all make some fucking Normal shows That's apparently okay. what TV A, has A, devolved into anyone, but, anyone from Hollywood that might be listening to this Make some fucking normal shows Alright if, if you've teenagers. got some
1: recommendations I think that leads to us to one of our new segments here uh, Three movies we'd recommend So we're going to recommend three movies that are similar to this film that you think or take from
0: fucking, this film. fucking told me about this. It's on the list. Yeah, you didn't give me the list until like five minutes ago.
1: Anyway, so uh, Jeff's going to start us off here with three movies he would recommend. And then uh, you can do three and I'll do three.
0: <laughs> well, if he's, I was to- He's going to take every single one that I'm currently thinking of, I assure you, because he's that good. Okay actually, the three, two of the movies for sure that I would recommend right off the bat
2: are if you like this movie I would actually go back and watch Casablanca because Casablanca is a movie that's kind of very iconic, very has a lot of good scenes it's very similar, has a lot of ideas I'll give you that but also with this movie I would suggest watching something like oh my god I had that movie in my head
1: uh Doctor No, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the one I was thinking of. So he's two for two, not correct.
0: No, no, no. The the first one, uh, Casablanca was a very good comparison, but the second there of Doctor No, I that hit. was one I had not thought of.
2: Yeah, so Doctor No with this comes down to, hey, this is a very different style of movie, but it takes a lot of inspiration from this movie. There is a lot of inspiration from the James Bond. It takes a lot of that from North by Northwest, actually. And if we want to go into another Hitchcock classic, uh, which one did I want to recommend here? Oh my god. I would say let's go watch Vertigo, because Vertigo is interesting, and it's A little bit more about the... A little bit more psychological. Rather than... Because this guy is having a little bit of a psychological attack at the same time. So, the three movies I would recommend... Casablanca... Dr. No... And
1: Hitchcock's Vertigo. Alright, Phil. Now you get three. Did he pick any of the three you were thinking of?
0: Well, he kind of like branched into the... Okay. But, um... It was just... Anything along the same lines, I would go with. Um, they don't
1: have to be classic films either. I, for some odd reason, I went
0: three classics. Yeah, you did. Well, yeah, I was thinking immediately when I was when I was posed with the question of something that I would recommend along these lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I thought Goldfinger, but it's really just like the entire James Bond trilogy. Okay, because it really goes <coughs> with. Well, the whole secret agent kinda of dealy. Secret agent man. man. Okay. No. So Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'll say You know what? I I don't even know why. Okay. But the artist.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: I, oh, another black and white movie. I, well, I absolutely love the artist. And I think it's one of the best films that has been made in the past, like, ten years. But for it's it's that old if you really like that old ambiance with everything mm-hmm. then you will really enjoy the artist. Okay. So that's two. So Okay, a third. Let's go with... He's looking around the room for inspiration. No, I'm not. I'm looking at your Tupperware containers. Tupperware containers, great film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Hey, I made a movie about them. I know you did. Oh, God. You usually have me on here just for the sake of having, like, bad films all the way around, but then you show me fucking North by Northwest. Which is a...
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: which is a classic piece it's a, it's of cinema. A, it's a classic piece of cinema, and you already took Casablanca from me. Sorry. Ugh. You know, I really want to say Casablanca 2.
1: Okay.
0: They didn't, no, ma- like, they like, didn't like make Casablanca Cas- Cas- 2. Casablanca
1: Cas- like as, as well. As
0: well. <laughs> Casablanca 2, the revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Negra Blanca. Casablanca 2, the Casablanca Or
2: Casa Negra, sorry. <laughs>
1: as a blanking oh jeez okay oh fuck I don't
0: know you don't like, have to go there's... classic
1: you, you could go modern
0: I know I'm I'm even trying to like think because I also feel that uh that Doctor Strangelove would be a very good a very good addition to this something that you should watch alright so right, carry on, on.
1: <laughs> alright so I would recommend um
2: starting to steal your stuff hey
1: No, 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 I'm just quickly double-checking one. Uh, I would recommend uh, Charade. It's Cary Grant, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, It's another one where they're kind of on the lam. It's another really great classic film. Uh, That'd be my number one. Uh, Second one, due to the stylization, like uh, we'll discuss in a minute here, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. (laughs) <laughs>
2: I was wondering if you're going to go there.
1: I, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there because uh Wes Anderson does like a really amazing job of doing a stylization. very stylization. Stylization, same with Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other one that I'm gonna go with <sighs> I've got a couple here. Uh you know what? I'm gonna go with you you said goldfinger, I'm gonna say gold member. Austin <laughs> <Often> Powers <laughs>
0: It, br- it brings the spy and the comedy together, right? So right? you it's... can't really argue with it.
1: Yeah, you you went gold finger. I'm gonna go gold member. I love He'll gold finger.
0: I'll member. <laughs> it's wow. A- so in you know, all, it's a very James Bond experience. Yeah, yeah. but with a bit more like tongue and cheek comedy. Well, a bit more like sarky comedy. True. Where the mother will just lay into him at every fucking moment. <sighs> But yeah, oh, it's God. like... So, those would be my three
1: is... Charade, which is a classic film. Cary Grant. Phenomenal. Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. Way to I'm plug on. your a promo episode. And then, uh, also, Austin Powers' gold number. Yeah. Okay. That's my, my list right there. Yeah. But to transition back, you said
2: you wanted to talk about, like, the stylization of this movie, similar to, like, what we did on Budapest.
1: Well, so... Hitchcock does an amazing job With like even though if you really think about it It's a dark concept of a spy You know there's potential danger everywhere But for some reason it's like Whimsical like I wouldn't say whimsical that's the wrong word But it's like very light hearted almost No it's not I think even like whimsical kind of works Because almost, like
3: m-
2: Almost magical in a lot of ways Like the forest seems, seems Like when they're in the Outback forest over top of Mount uh, Mount Rushmore it seems very Ethereal
1: Ah, that's a weird... I wouldn't say ethereal, but it's very, like...
2: Trans... Uh, not transcendental, almost?
1: The forest scene itself that we're describing is right after he's... uh, Cary uh, Grant uh, is shot. Yes. And has mm-hmm. his death, death scene, and they meet in the forest so they can see each other one last yeah. time. And they're in that weird wood wooded area where all the trees are, like spaced so perfectly and and it's like almost perfect freaking symmetry yeah Yeah.
0: all that reminded me
1: of was uh which i know is a soundstage but what is it yeah that that
0: one is the royal tenenbaums yes for some reason all that reminded well because it's Wes Anderson because all of his films look the same but Mm -hmm. specifically the royal tenenbaums it was just that that moment of Two forces coming together, where you could see the separation in the middle of the screen. Yes. And they were coming together, and then he broke that separation to actually, like, by crossing over and going into her side. Yeah. And it was a very beautiful done scene,
1: even though it's a soundstage, but it's, like, it does have a very, like, romantic.
2: There's a good point of it. That's the word I was It's romanticized.
1: Yeah, it's, like, a very, like, almost like what what you would expect from, like, a description from a Harley Quinn romance novel.
2: Yeah, Harley Quinn. Like, Harley Quinn. Yeah,
0: Shish. not Harley Quinn. Shh, I wasn't going to go I there. You've I... been DC'd out of the regular vocabulary. Yeah, thing. no. Uh, Harley Quinn.
2: Yeah, I was not going to go there. It's like Harley Quinn. Hey, Tony.
1: Yeah, I got in a, I got an DC debate today on Twitter, so
0: bear with me. Yeah, no DC has nothing in my in my mind. DC, but anyway, it's shit. got it's
1: a very romantic feel to that area. You know, same with the train scenes. Yeah, Like, it's very romantic. The
2: like it's this movie, the movie in itself is not like a romantic. Like, there's not a huge romance part of it. But like the romance, my eyebrow, you there? Yeah, what? No, bear with me here.
1: Bear okay, with me. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you like speak this out. But I'll let, hold I'm, on. A second. I'm hold questioning on. you. I'm questioning you in advance. Hold on a second. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, go. Okay, go. Go.
2: <laughs> to do my Kanye impression, but. The movie is in itself a huge romantic movie. It's a spy movie. It really is. But, like, the romance comes... It's, the scenes are overly romanticized. Like, it's this gorgeous, outlandish train that they're on that they outline with this stuff and that. and it's That like, they
1: have, like, a very awkward make-out session where yeah. he doesn't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's really weird,
1: but... <laughs> I think what are these things at the end of my arms? But like even with the the
2: scene in the forest, it's very romanticized. Like mm. the setting is romanticized. The like that is what's more romanticized rather than the people and the actual story. It's the setting dictates the feel of the movie almost. Yeah, the dictates the se- the feel of the scene rather than the dialogue and the actual thing. So Hitchcock does a really good way of using the scene. To set the tone of the movie, rather than using the dialogue and the actual actors to set the tone of it.
1: Well, and I don't know. I, I kind of agree and disagree at, at the same time because they also have like the Romeo Juliet moment. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of like but... the Starcrash lovers, where he's trying to get her attention from the balcony, you know, and then he climbs up to like to meet her. But it's like it's almost like a Romeo like Juliet. Yeah. Scene. Oh,
2: I think that's where they're trying to go for. But that's kind of
1: very Shakespearean almost.
2: Well, North by Northwest is a is a uh, Shakespeare quote, is it not? Yes, it is. But yeah.
0: it's it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> so
1: song as <laughs> old not, as rhyme. It's not Beauty and the Beast here, guys. <laughs> But I just want to. I'm I'm agreeing. It's very romanticized in that way. Like even that house that's on the top of like fucking uh, Mount Rushmore is like it's overly romanticized. Yeah. Right. Like it's overly stylized. And there's that shot of the UN when he's running away, oh, which is like just fucking shot. like above, and it's just like, and he just comes out of the top. He doesn't go anywhere near the center of the screen either. He's like up near the top, and like comes down from the top. I thought that was
2: gorgeous shot such
1: a gorgeous shot but it's like just seeing him escaping the UN building
2: actually that's another iconic shot from that movie yeah like I've actually seen that shot in other things before now that I think about it like that's a really famous shot
1: but it's still like it's one of those things right and I I just find it's like even but I I have to say I was surprised I'm gonna jump for a second here because we were talking about that house at the end One thing that shocked me, so when I was originally watching this, I was watching on my computer, and so it has a little time stamp permanently at the bottom of where Mm. I am. And I'm like, I got to, like, the two... So the the runtime's two hours and 16 minutes, right? And I'm at, like, the two-hour, five-minute mark, and I'm like, there's ten fucking minutes left in this film. How are they (laughs) going to resolve this? Because it's at that point when they're just heading to the plane. Like, that's even before them climbing up and down Mount Rushmore, like, which happens, like, a couple minutes later, but it's still, like... Wow, how do they... How do they solve this? And then Yeah, they... right? Like, I'm sitting there going, how do they resolve this? There's like 10 minutes left in this fucking film. Then they
2: do the, uh, oh, yeah, we'll just not do any de- denouement and have them at the very, very end. Done. Movie's they're over. They're married and they're having oh, yeah, sex, which the, we're going to... By gonna...
0: the way, end of the film. Sorry. Yeah. And it's like... Look at that. Sexual innuendo. Tunnel. Train. train. Wham.
1: <laughs> it's almost like, uh have you seen Drawn Together? Mm-hmm. With the train going into the little hole, and it just can't, it oh, just yeah, keeps it just ramming, keeps going in. <laughs> or, or the Family Guy episode <laughs> is that Family Guy? I thought that was drawn together. That does that. Uh,
2: there's another Family Guy I episode it was where
1: probably everything. It's a, it's a pretty good metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so like, it's still like one of those things where it ends like that, right? But it, it's it's still like. I don't know, so romanticized. I feel like the ending's kind of a weird cop-out, I agree with that.
2: Apparently that was very, very common back then, just to have that stylized ending where everything cuts right at that point and goes
1: to the ending. And it just kind of is like, everything's good, and we don't need to explain how everything's good. Yeah, that was apparently extremely common. You know, but... I, 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 You know what, in a weird way, I kind of like it. It's weird. It's jarring, it's weird, but it's like everything just kind of wraps itself
2: yeah, you create your own ending, almost. Yeah. It's like yeah. Here's the actual ending. You figure out how they got there.
0: Yeah. So you don't need to be, like, spoon-fed the ending at that point. Yeah, It's just that they go, here's the ending, there's the story. The you, CIA you can, absolved you can all his crimes. This, and... the points in between. Yeah. We're happy.
1: Yeah, right, and it's still, like, one of those things. I actually really like the scene where they're hanging off the side, and she's like, he's like, uh, I'll see you after this. We'll meet on a train. And she goes, "Is that a proposition?" And he goes, "No, it's a proposal, right?" And then she goes, "What happened with your other marriages?" And he's like, "Oh, they did, they left me because they found me too dull." Is they're hanging off the side of Mount Rushmore? It's like I don't know why that one line is just like mm-hmm. so good. As they're hanging off the side of Mount Rushmore where they're clearly flat on a soundstage? Mm-hmm. Uh, not at that scene. They were kind. Of, that scene wasn't flat on a soundstage. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's not the one you're thinking of. Okay, it was before she broke her heels and got thrown off. It's where they're both hanging there, climbing down the side, and then her heel breaks and she slides down. Okay, might be. Th- There's one where they're both hanging down, and it's
2: clearly they're flat on the soundstage.
1: Yeah, no, that's the uh, that's the scene right where he steps on his hand, that you're talking about. Nope, nope,
2: no, nope. They're both hanging independently when the- it's clear that they're on soundstage.
1: Nah, either way, it's still yeah. a funny. It's still a funny line. Yeah. It looked like they weren't hanging Just on a soundstage. stage. what you see, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Nah. But even then, That's like... What we're doing here. We're, we're critiquing. Yeah. Hitchcock still no, does a good job no, of the we're... time without CGI or anything Oh, like I that. always like...
0: thought this was a review more than a critique. Yeah. We're reviewing. We're but, discussing. Yeah, it's but more... it's not a critique. You can't sit here and say how bad everything oh, is. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad. Four, four, uh, 50... Tell me when I'm right. 60. <laughs> 59. 60, 60, 60. 59. Fifty nine? Mm-hmm. Six around the sixties? <laughs> fifty nine years ago.
2: Yeah. Or fifty eight, depending on how you wanna rate it, because it was released in that's November of fifty eight.
1: That's a ways ago. Um are you sure that was fifty eight years ago then? It'd be
2: fifty eight years ago if it was fifty nine. From now? Math. Yes. In
1: twenty
2: seventeen?
1: Yeah? <sighs> oh yeah, you're right, never mind. <laughs> I'll be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Shush. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, like, it was all practical effects.
2: Yeah, the practical effects, you can even see the road scoping, but the rotoscoping actually looks really seamless for a lot of most of it. True. Like. Those, Hitchcock
1: was a master for a reason. Yeah,
2: like, his stuff is really well done. I didn't mind that I could tell because, realistically, everyone nowadays knows how things are done a lot of more times. Mm-hmm. So, all the tricks are kind of, all the older tricks are starting to be released real easily so people know how to do them. Mm-hmm. So, like, even the stuff in Dr. Strangelove where he rides the bomb down.
1: Where, yeah, it was just a projector on a...
2: Pro- it's a projector on a glass screen. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh... What, what's
0: up,
1: Phil?
2: Phil is really confused.
0: Dr.
1: Strangelove, the...
0: Love loves what I missed from that.
1: Dr. Love,
0: yeah, Stanley yeah, Kubrick. Yeah, did, did not hear the love part. You, you huh. thought we were talking about Dr. Strange? Yep. Ah. So you're like, I was like, what the fuck? You wrote a bomb down? What the <laughs> fucking film did
1: you watch? Dr. Strange love, or how I learned to stop warrior. worrying and I love the yeah. bomb.
0: Yeah, okay. God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh,
1: but, yeah, no, we know about the practical effects, like stuff in Dr. Love, right? And I totally agree that you know now we know them now but it's still impressive to look back and go man they did a lot with so little
2: yeah and it's and, and like it's always it's,
0: just so much more impressive
2: yeah yeah because, right? like
0: sticking some guys in a room and saying like okay make this make this scene look like this is happening yeah. boom and then you have that but all if all you have is usually not even a green screen at that point mm-hmm. it's like well you might have had a little bit but it was all like to make it look like you were there They had to make the whole thing And then maybe have the sky in the background It wouldn't have even been green screened at that time it's rotoscoping and, cutting yeah. and film cutting
1: Yeah, it would have been like film splicing Or mm-hmm. they would have even done um, projectors Yeah, Where they would do a projector on the back wall Which is how they do like all the driving scenes Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know
2: if it was projector uh, Projector Projector, that's the word Mm-hmm. Or if they had overlaid the film on top of it, frame by frame.
1: Um, normally for those driving scenes, they do the projector.
2: Yeah, it just seemed odd, but because, I think that like, might be the better way. Because
1: they do a projector on a matte screen. Yeah. So you don't get any glare or anything like that, and you can't see the light. But it's like if you do a projector, and then you can do it behind the car.
2: Yeah. Then the, when they turn the sides, it's actual road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's like that. That's how they cut the film together. Speaking yeah. of the film editing and cutting, one one of the facts that I found out about this film that I thought was fucking impressive is that Alfred Hitchcock only cut 5%. Five, or seconds. five seconds. Five seconds of the entire fucking film. Jesus. That's it. Five seconds hit the cutting room floor. That's hmm. fucking it. That's insane,
2: actually, because I know some movies cut, like, like, two-thirds of their movie.
0: Yeah. Well, because really, it's like like everybody League. just, like, over films everything and then just cuts it up and makes a film out of it. But if yeah. he only cut, like, what do you say? Five cut, seconds. Five seconds out of it? He yeah. filmed it perfectly. Exactly the way he wanted it. This is why it. he's and the master, man. And yeah. this is a
2: masterpiece of a movie. I think IMDb rates this number 74 on the top 100, our top movies of all time. It's 74. What's the number one? Uh, fuck, what is the movie? Uh, That's a good question. No, I know what it is. It's uh Citizen Kane. Really? Yes.
1: Hmm. It's either Citizen Kane
2: or uh, Gone with the Wind.
0: Um, Mm. Yeah, Gone with the Wind I could see. Yeah. IMDB's top 10 movies. Top 100. Oh, I need to go with 100? Sorry. Well... Because the top ten gave me the Godfather as the top one. Oh, yeah. And I really don't think that's right. Because the Godfather can come over here, grab onto my balls... And suck on the shaft? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got it, Tony.
1: Ah, Jesus. No, Jesus
0: has nothing to do with this.
1: (laughs) No, I'm just saying Jesus because I'm all, like,
0: congested and shit. Oh, fucking hell. Well, mm, highest rated movies, the top two hundred and fifty, the top ones. guys rated ha- by users. You know what? You have to fucking shut up. It's a Shawshank Redemption. It's a good goddamn film.
2: Oh, I love the movie. It's one of my top movies.
0: All right. So yeah, it goes like Shawshank, Godfather, Godfather, and the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's Strangely by fans. Enough.
1: Yeah. Ignore that
0: list. Yeah, I'm Shawshank gonna I'm gonna ignore is... the Dark Knight. So. Yeah. All right. But then again.
2: I know th- I know. Uh, Citizen Kane is on AFI's number one of
1: AFI's. Mm. Yeah. Alright, so one other thing that I really wanted to discuss uh, about this was Leonard. Leonard the henchman. Yeah. So, one thing that I've read that I found very interesting is that the actor decided that he was going to play Leonard as uh, a gay character. But not like an, oh Overtly. my god, like in your face gay character, but like a subtly gay character. Mm-hmm. who was in love with van damme and not jean-claude <laughs> well maybe maybe he is too who knows i don't i don't judge his preferences
2: <laughs> i
1: think that's a little
2: too early in 58
1: <laughs> you don't know you don't know where he is now maybe maybe he's secretly in love with uh jean-claude somewhere
2: no but jean-claude van damme wasn't he even born at the time
1: <laughs> wasn't he when he point been born in the 50s
2: uh, I 60s i would have thought
1: Anyway, yeah, man, no that, that's, that's neither here nor there, but I want to talk about Leonard. I think it's very progressive that in a movie at this time period, they had a, I would say, strong gay character. Even though he's a henchman, he's not a, like, effeminate, he's not, like, he's he's just a normal character who happens to be gay. Something like Boondock Saints and Willem Dafoe. Right? It's a very similar concept, but way earlier. Way.
2: Oh, Wow. How good was I? He's he's as old as my mum. Uh, what you Jean Claude Van Damme born in nineteen sixty.
1: <laughs> okay, so he would have been com- born like right around the same time mm-hmm. as this. But which is very interesting. That they have a character called Van Damme in this and
0: Jean Claude was
1: born like right after. Maybe Jean Claude Van Damme actually took his name.
0: Yeah. There's Maybe. no real there's no real reason that you can watch this. Like, is Jean claude Van Dam his real name? I doubt it. I really doubt it too. I wonder.
2: Like well, the Nick Cage isn't his real name either. Like, no.
1: What? No,
2: his name is actually... I think
0: it's Polish. My one true God. <laughs> my... my one true God. Dude.
2: That's blasphemous in the other way. Jesus
1: Christ. Fuck. Alright, but anyway, I think it was very interesting that they had Leonard as a gay character. And they don't really, like, play on it either, but they do. It's, like, super subtle, and it's there. You know, he has these longing, loving looks towards uh, Van Damme, Philip Van Damme. Uh, he's constantly trying to get Eva out of the picture, right? Like, he's just constantly kind of, like, scheming, you know? And even when he does the shooting scene, he's, like, trying to protect his lover, or not his lover, but the love of his life. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, and I just think it's a very interesting thing that they put into this film. So yeah. small, so, like, tiny. But it's
2: progressive, actually.
1: In such a unique way. It's one of the reasons I love Hitchcock. He's just so, like... He's so different. Oh, like, I feel like he was a time traveler. Yeah.
0: That's
1: the name. Hitchcock. The from Gallifrey. No, like, you know... Have you ever seen things where it's like... I, I feel like, honestly, Hitchcock was a man out of, t- out of time.
2: Yeah, he his movies are very progressive, very different, and he always pushes the envelope with everything he does.
1: Yeah, he even, like... Um, like, this is the first spy movie ever made, pretty much. He dealt with mental health in Vertigo. Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. Like, he deals with all these fucking weird things. Even Psycho,
0: he dealt with, like, mental health. And, if you well, really think about it. Psycho well, is... If you really think about it, it's right there in your face. <laughs> yeah. Psycho is
2: pretty much... Uh, what's he called Uh, uh, codependency, basically. Yeah, to the absolute extreme. Mm -hmm.
1: But like that—that's what I mean. Is like he's he dealt with such weird concepts that like today they're just kind of still dealing with, right? Yeah. But he dealt with
0: them like fifty years ago. More than that. Yeah. Because well, because back then it was scary. Like nobody wanted to touch it. Now it's it's, taboo. Nowadays it's not scary, but nobody still wants to touch it because it's. Sensitive. Still just sensitive. Mm. Yeah. But I just think it was such a really cool thing for
1: them to put in there to make one of the characters just, like, even though he's, I'd say, kind of a side character, not really a side character. Like, yeah. he like, is a side character. He's a side player. character, but to make him the have. The side that character at least have. Development. But yeah. But not, like, not development,
0: but, like, have character. Yeah. yeah. Have an actual character to him. It's like he didn't really do anything, but. Yeah. They actually built him up to do something.
1: Yeah, like he has a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not just like henchman number three.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who does number two work for?
1: <laughs> but it's just one of those things that I thought was really fascinating and unique. It's very unique, but that's what this movie is. Uh, we're going to do our, one of our newer segments, Phil. I don't think you've done these ones before. <gasps> it's one thing that I learned from this film. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So one thing I learned from this film is, if you're on the lam don't trust a pretty face on the train. Yeah. If she's if she, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is.
0: There's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> I wish that I had Cary Grant's superpower, <laughs> <laughs> to which I could grab any amount of money from my pocket. At any given point, to pay for that thing that I had. I think
2: he was just, like, throwing money at things. He had, it was ridiculous that he had always had, like, crinkled up bills in his pocket to pay for things. And change. But he just grabbed something to
0: throw yeah. at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what he did. He was constantly throwing, like, exactly what he needed. It's like, I don't think he, did he you see-
0: ever Did you ever see him go to a bank?
1: Did you ever see him count it?
0: No, but I don't
2: think he was count. I don't think he cared because he was a rich odd sec. I don't know. Yeah I'm but
0: just, did he just have like A thousand dollars in change And a thousand dollars in like notes in his pocket like, I still think he had a single Like power. what was it like at the, beginning, at the beginning of the film It was like let's pay the two dollars he was like
1: fuck no <laughs> I'm gave, not paying two dollars you he son of his, a bitch He gave his mom
2: fifty dollars to go find out Where the where uh, To get the key to the room
1: Exactly this is what I'm talking about right Like he's just throwing monies, money at every problem he fa- falls with I'm Well a fifty
2: dollars is Huge money back then
1: right this is what i'm saying yeah or what phil's saying yeah Yeah. but he's always just throwing away money like it's nothing it's 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 a superpower i wish i had yeah i've actually it's funny i've actually heard a thing it's like that is the best thing that you could ever have if you ever had like the genie scenario you find a lamp you get one wish what would your one wish be my one wish would be no matter what situation i was in that i always had exactly the amount of money that i needed in my pocket
0: that is actually amazing
1: Right, like that is the genie scenario. If I ever find a genie but
0: if I ever get three wishes, that's my second wish is to you to have that power too. No, no, no. Remember genie are you gonna is your first wish? I promise that to you. Yeah. Remember though, Pinky. pinky Genie's always come with There
2: we go. Genies always come with like a bad scenario, so No, that's that's a monkey's paw.
1: No no no, 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 no! It's he's true. A genie always comes with like it's somewhat went negative. Yeah, like in this case, like it would bedazzled. Be, yeah, so
2: like in your case, it would everything be the wrong would currency. Nope, nope, nope. Everything that you would get would be in nickels. Yeah, you would have a pocket full of ten thousand dollars in nickels. So, and then you would bankrupt
0: the Bank of Canada because they have no longer have enough nickels. Yeah, but and... it's, it's currency; they can't not accept it. But you wouldn't be fucked. You'd get your thing, and then they'd have to deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, but how do you I'm have $10,000? More than likely, it would be the wrong
1: currency.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They can accept the right currency. But you would have so much weight in your pocket from $10,000 worth of nickels, you wouldn't be able to move.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. It's only there when I need it, right? So it'd be like I wouldn't be able to move for like a couple of seconds while I bail out my pocket. <laughs> mm. Right? like I would take you forever to pay for things. Yeah, if, you it, if you're <laughs> buying like a
0: TV or something like that and just like it's all in nickels. Just like, hang on, let me just empty out my pocket, and you just pull it out, and then just like, it's a continuous fountain of nickels. (laughs) And then it stops (laughs) and goes, that should be enough. And just leave. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even let
1: them count it. No, because
0: it's always the exact amount. Yeah, exactly. So you would just wait till it stops, and then just, that's good. (laughs) Oh, I need a chocolate bar too. Just, just, just fucking trust me, Best Buy. (laughs) Just fucking trust me. (laughs) That's (laughs) the right amount. All right,
1: Jeff. What would be your... Uh... Think about what you're doing. If okay. you're on the lamb,
2: really, this a lot of this could be avoided by him going, oh, yeah, I could have not gone to Grand Central. Oh, yeah, I could have done this. Oh, yeah, I could have done that. There's so many little things that he could have done to avoid so many of these situations that if you're on the lamb or you find yourself in a situation where you're having issues with something, like that, think about what you're doing. All right. Yeah, that's what I learned from this movie.
1: All right, and it's time for uh, ratings here. So, Phil, uh, what would you rate this out of five, and why?
0: Out of five? Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, did, I mention, did I mention that I have not seen this film since I was a wee Young'in? Yes. Okay, so just to refresh everyone's memory, I have not seen this film since I was a wee Young'in. And back then, it was a, it was a great film. It was so much fun. Like there was fucking car chases and fucking airplanes everywhere. It was great. It was. Well, I didn't know they were drunk at that point. (laughs) I didn't know what drunk was. And now Now you do. Now here I am. (laughs) But anyway, here I am. Um, even in this moment, um, it was a sub. Ooh. Tell me Film. More. Like, a sub. Uh, sorry, a subpar spy film. Okay. I'll probably give it, what is it, out of 10? Out of 5. Uh, out of 5, sorry. Um, I'll probably go with. decimal five. I'll go with like a. F- a four and a half.
1: But okay, it was a subpar film, you give it a four and a half? Out of five. Out of
0: five? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> subpar. I was expecting like a two. No, God no. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's like that's like the original fucking Daredevil film is a oh, oh, oh,
3: ooh. Ooh. If, uh, you, if
0: anybody if anyone listening ever wants to talk to me about the fucking original Daredevil film, I will but, literally but ben Affleck. Fight, I will literally fight any of you. I thought ultraviolet was just or
2: was just a brilliant piece of work. <laughs> Ultraviolet
0: was better than that. <laughs> <Edible. laughs>
1: okay. So. Uh, Tony, how would you rate it?
0: Uh, hey, hey, hey,
2: hey.
0: <laughs> yes? Yes, Phil? So. <laughs> I would rate it a, a four and a half. Uh huh. Because it's a very good spy film. Okay. It's very entertaining. But if you really want to. Experience a good spy film. Like I'm being very stereotypical here in this company that I have here. Okay. But I'd say just watch James Bond film. Alright. It's like James Bond films are all round better. They have better twists, better turns, better love interests. You want everything sold on Eva? If you've If you've ever actually seen North by Northwest, just times everything by 10, you get a James Bond film. Yeah. And that's... That's why I only give it a 4.5 because I still enjoyed it, but... Yeah. I would... I don't think I'd recommend it to anybody. Fair. Alright. Tony?
1: Uh, I would have to actually probably give it a 4. Okay. Um, I feel like... I just feel like Cary Grant didn't really have a solid performance. Uh, he was pretty good but uh, being confused, but... I just didn't I didn't like him as a character Like I just felt like he didn't work
2: Yeah he was The oddball
1: Yeah and Van Damme as a villain also didn't really work for me So in the character department I felt like I didn't like either of them Fair enough Uh, I just felt like the characters weren't really great But the story was pretty solid Uh, The visuals were amazing And I think it's a classic so I'm gonna have to give it a 4
2: Yeah And
1: Jeff finish us off
2: Finish it off with the four as well, okay. because I believe I don't. This movie is yeah, it's a classic, but like but that doesn't really do it for me. By saying that, I think that Hitchcock's portrayal of visuals, his idea of stylization, the idea of that everything was done at a specific angle, the him being way above its time, like that, that one scene stands out so far in everyone's mind. 60 years later It's just so iconic That it just There is something to it that makes it so vi- Visceral And like actually brings it forward But Even like I agree that the characters aren't that strong In the actual way But I think that's more of a Even in Casablanca I found that in a lot of ways Where the characters They all a lot of them blend together sometimes Like, in these older movies, a lot of characters seem to blend in together. Character
1: development wasn't quite at the level it is today.
2: Yeah, but they also don't make the characters super... Like, for the the unfortunate things, a lot of older white men. Okay. So, they all seem to kind of blend together.
1: That's fair. Cary Grant was uh, 55 when he filmed this.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, okay. So, they all just kind of like blend together, and you really can't always keep them straight. So, I think that there's... With the progression that they showed it with uh, the gay henchmen, uh, even then, and having those iconic scenes, having those really stylized things, the story is a masterpiece. But I don't think this is a spy movie. I, I really think this is more... Of a Mistaken Identity movie. And right. as a Mistaken Identity movie, this movie is almost one of the best. Fair. It's not a great spy movie, but it is a great Mistaken Identity movie. Alright, so... That's so why I give it a four.
1: Uh, and since, you know, we don't have a fourth, uh, Stark the dog over here, he's going to agree with Phil and give it a 4.5 as well. That's uh, <laughs> what <Well>, we always...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, see? See? He's agreeing. No, I... Yeah.
0: Go <laughs> on. Yeah. on. Come on. Come say... Okay. So,
2: at 17 out of 20, then, that's an 85% on this movie, which I think is about what it ranks on IMDb, I think. I think something around that. All I think right. it's like 8.8 8 or 9 or something like that. But it's actually, it's
1: well worth seeing, in my opinion. True, I agree.
0: Yeah, it's no, a classic. Like, it's, like I said.
1: You should watch it at least once in your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's something you should see, but it's not something that I would say that you should own.
1: Yeah. So uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank our guest, uh, Spy Guy Phil over here. Hello.
0: And also goodbye.
2: Yeah. And our non-assistant empty chair on the other side:
0: Stark. Stark the dog. I mean, woof. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. So this has been another episode of Flick Six Raid. We're your host, Tony. And Jeff. Good night, Internet. Night, guys. Next week, we're surrounded by a bunch of assholes on Spaceballs. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxraid.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or any of the social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram
2: at Flixxraid. You can also leave us a rating or review on any one of those. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Good night, internet. Night, guys.